Surviving Truth podcast. My name is Ituhai Dukolo. I am your host. So, um, this is your first time listening. Thank you for, you know, decided to click the link. If you're a returning listener, thank you for being a part of the growing family. And thank you for, you know, being extremely patient with me because once again, it has been a minute, but perfectly fine. We're here. And so, I have a new series um, that we are starting today. Well, today when you listen to this. And um, I am very excited about this series because I get to bring some people that I have known for a really long time and people who I have watched serve in one capacity or the other. Um, get them to share their stories. And the reason why is um, this series is going to be on what I would call post, post-service uh, well, what's the best way to put that? By the time I, by the time you listen to this, I probably would have a title because that's what you'd have picked up. But <laughs> in this moment, I'm still trying to figure it out. But the idea is to talk about um the burnout that happens when you have served in one capacity or the other, especially as a young person, particularly as a young person. Um, and uh, these people are people I have had the privilege of working up close with for some of them or just seeing from afar and hearing their stories and all of that. And so we're kind of bringing them into the hot seat to talk about it in much more detail. And I get to ask questions um, and pull out things, you know, the experiences they've, they've had, the lessons they've learned, things they could have done better, the things they are glad they did, um, and how they are navigating things now, you know, years after they have served, or for those who are still serving, um, how they're navigating this current season. Um, so the first guest I have is Maya Agutosi. And uh, this is someone I have known for probably 10 years, if not 12 years. That's a long time to know somebody. <laughs> My goodness, a very long time. So um, I have seen him up close and from afar serve in different capacities, right from, I think, secondary school all the way. And so before I go further into that, he's going to introduce himself to you. So you have the floor. Thank you, Itohan. Hi, everyone. My name is Maiwa Akutusin. Uh, I'm a civil engineer by profession. I work here in the, in the United States, um, where I also got my master's degree in civil engineering from Oklahoma State University. I got my undergraduate degree, my bachelor's degree in the University of Lagos, Nigeria. Uh, where I studied civil and environmental engineering. Um, I have served in a few leadership capacities uh, right from high school. I was the head prefect of my set, and then I went over to the university, and I was the University of Lagos Engineering Society vice president at some time. I was also the admin, as we called it, of a student fellowship, and while also being the HGO, um, the workforce in yep. the teenage church mm-hmm. while I was its leader, um, RCCG Ahmed. Shout out to you guys. <laughs> um, so presently, I live here in the US and I also work as a civil engineer at Dimension. Thank you. Awesome, awesome. Thank you. I like the fact that you sort of took us through a little journey through the many roles you have, you know, fit into over the years. And we're going to start from the very, very beginning. So you said you were the head prefect, right? Um, in I think dance hall, yes. 
um, from the beginning. And at that same time, you wear the HOD skin tint shirt. Um, so just before we graduated and, you know, in the final phases of, oh, I'm leaving and all that, what was that like, especially for your spiritual life? What was, what was the pressure like, first of all? What was that pressure? Because I know there's a lot of pressure with that. So what was that like? And uh, how did you navigate that? Thank you. Uh, at first, it was pretty exciting. Uh, it was a phase of discovery because I got to learn more about myself and, okay, I could do this. And I was just thrown into the deep of leadership, as it were. Uh, I became the head prefect in Mrs. Two and not too long after that, I became the HOD of um, the workforce in the teens church. So it was more of how well could I manage this and manage school and me discovering the leadership traits in me and having people, you know, sort of listen to what I say or how I lead them and having people under you and managing people and managing all these responsibilities. So it was a phase of discovery at first that it was pretty exciting. Um, also because there was so much fire and there's so much zeal and sense that um, enthusiasm to get the work done, the work done and so much energy. So it was a phase of discovery initially. Um, and then we sort of, I sort of grew into it and accepted that leadership traits that I would have Mm, I see. So you said you had a ton of zeal and all of that. Did you have all that zeal till the very end of it? Honestly, no. Mm. Um, there, there were times that you know you're really high up there and you have so much energy, and there are just times that you're really exhausted. <laughs> um, times where you have to actually go back to ask why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. Why me? Mm-hmm. Why did they make me the HOD or the head prefect or something? Mm-hmm. Especially times where you face a lot of challenges and it seems like you're not doing enough or you're not pulling your weights. Mm-hmm. Um, it becomes really you know, discouraging at those times where you feel like you're not doing enough and you're just really tired or maybe people aren't cooperating as mm-hmm. you expect and things like that. So yeah, there have been times where you're really just tired of that phase. Mm. Yeah. Did you ever feel like, because I mean, you said that you served in um, university as well in some capacity in the fellowship and um, in the school. Before that happened, I don't know what the timeline was like, but before that happened, did you feel like you were going to pull out of you know, like you wanted to chill, like please just let me chill before another leadership thing comes. Yeah, um, my third year actually was pretty challenging. Um, I think that was 2011, and I just had so much I was doing, I, I just had so much. Like, I was head, pre- I'm a HOD in teenage church and I was um, the vi- uh, not the vice president I was in the choir 
in my um, school department, and I had just joined mm-hmm. um, this student fellowship in the university. Mm. And at the same time, I was serving in some capacity in the fellowship of a teenage minister as well. So I just had so much, and then I was studying engineering. <laughs> It was just overwhelming. It was just overwhelming. Um, at that point, um, I even had like my advisor spoke to me, and he's like, "It feels like something's not right. Maybe mm. I'm doing too much." Mm. And he could see how that might affect my grades and stuff like that. So he he threatened to call my mother, oh. <laughs> and I'm like, "Okay, uh, I'm going to do something." <laughs> Mm-hmm. 
there's, there's grace that comes with it. There's grace that comes with the role, with the leadership position. Mm-hmm. Don't mistake that grace for your personal role. Don't mistake, mistake that grace for your quiet time. Mm-hmm. When you leave that position, it will tell, and it did at some point, but um, I'll probably save that for. <laughs> Especially the part of needing to um, give out, you know, you have to, it's like you're expected to give out. You can't go for a meeting without something being drawn. Even if you invite the guests to the church that day, you must do something. You can't just be there and be close, receive and all of that. Um, I, I, I don't know whether that is a system thing or that's just the way it is. What do you think? Um, in terms of like having to give all the time, I don't know. I guess it comes with the role. But if I was to think back about it, I would probably want to have enabled a, uh, a system where everybody gives and everybody is blessed as well mm. sort of like a collaborative system in in terms of sharing mm. um, have other people share um, because you, you really never know God is God it might be doing and God it would have been doing great things in the lives of the people that you're leading as well and great grammar great ministrations great words of knowledge and all they needed was like to share and they might have a word for you um mm-hmm. you might know if you remember there are times that people shared some words of knowledge mm-hmm. uh, our friends as well have called you know and sh- shared what the lord is leading them to do or placing in their hearts and enabling that kind of environment would have been really mm-hmm. great you know mm-hmm. have all the people bless you as you bless them mm-hmm. um have that liberty of people sharing more um, mm-hmm. that that would have been better mm-hmm. than just one party having to give all the time and yeah. having to share and having to um you know dish out all the time yeah. and i guess one of the challenges of doing that is when you're weak it's gonna be hard to say hey guys i'm actually mm-hmm. weak you know because you feel like you're already you're in already high up there and mm-hmm. you feel like you'll probably discourage another person yes. by saying, Hey, mm-hmm. I'm actually struggling myself. If I, I would like you to support me in prayer or I would like you to encourage me or check up on me mm-hmm. every once in a while. So if you create that brotherly environment as opposed to just them seeing you as their overall boss, mm-hmm. you know, um it might be easier to share. Um, I had a lot of people that looked up to me, but I could say very few were my close friends that I could mm-hmm. really open up to for fear of, well, you're the boss, you know, yeah. um, you're the head, you're the leader. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're going through this, who am I? That kind of thing. But, yeah. No. Yeah. but um, in retrospect, if we had created an environment where we were brothers and we 
could encourage and chastise each other and we could pray for one another and we could share words with one another freely as opposed to a one way mm-hmm. you know one direction um type of system mm-hmm. I, I guess that would have been better mm-hmm. i mean it's it, it almost sounds like it's from two sides there's the 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 expectation of people but there's also the expectation of the leader to his or him or him him or her right of what they should be or what they think they should be of how vulnerable they think they should be with the people of how much they feel like they should tell people you know because there's sometimes there's this thing of oh if i let you know that i'm privy to this or something um <laughs> there are many things i'm trying to say if i let you know that you know maybe you won't respect me anymore maybe if i tell you now go and pray your response will be what you do not pray why should i pray you know so there's almost there, there seems to be that need to guard yourself as a leader but there's that garden usually doesn't go the right way usually goes south right and so i'm kind of wondering whether it is more a people and enabling thing or even more from the leader side the perspective people should have about leadership especially from that young age well um i feel that sometimes it's created by the leader themselves that this is how people feel me mm-hmm. and i would like to hold that view mm-hmm. um but let's be real right we all need help we all need we all need support um so you need to you need to be vulnerable you need to open up you need to share you need to confess one to another um you need to support the people people need to support you as you support the people Mm -hmm. you know um Mm -hmm. so it's that type of system is probably best and um as i said it's sometimes created by the leader and sometimes it's created by the people and it's just best to make people realize that so um you were saying that um it's just best that we realize that that's the last thing you said and i think you were referring to the leader yeah um i think the point i was just trying to make is that um I think the point I was trying to make is that we, the leaders, or whoever the leader is, should realize that he, he or she can be vulnerable with mm-hmm. people. Um, definitely with people that you you trust, because you do need mentorship. You do need leaders to teach you. Mm-hmm. And um, to some extent, I discovered that a bit late, and then I started to surround myself with leaders with um people that i consider men- mentors and i started to learn under them and put myself under them mm. and um so that i can grow because when you discover that you have been that leader all your life and you have very few people leading you it's a dangerous place to be um so you do need leaders you do need men- mentors as a leader people that you can be vulnerable to or friends that you can be vulnerable to, 
that are of course like-minded mm-hmm. um and that will support you that will not kick you down but will tell you the truth regardless mm-hmm. um that would encourage you will pray with you mm-hmm. that would understand your struggles and you know work with you in that regard um so definitely there are times that you will get burnt out as a leader mm-hmm. um as a young leader as even not just a young leader but as a leader generally but you definitely need that support system you need friends you need leaders you need mentors you need teachers um that you would subject yourself to or that you would um, humble yourself under mm-hmm. and learn from mm-hmm. i like the um fact that you said you mentioned intentionality you know about getting yourself submitted like something you have to decide to do you know especially yeah. because of the things that come with being a leader you have to make that decision to intentionally submit yourself and that that brings me to another point i'm sure that you know as young people we have questions you know we have questions about the faith we have things that happen that you know we act we need answers to how did you handle that as a leader being the person that people come to for you know with questions and all that did you just you know push all your questions to the side and just pretend like they were not there how did you handle those type of questions personally um with being a leader you need to realize that you have to learn and grow um so that phase was a huge a uh, phase of like tremendous growth for me um i intentionally you know studied my bible and things like that or studied whatever it is that i was leading on um but i didn't know everything even at that i couldn't answer all the questions and there were even questions that were novel to me i'm like really this this is interesting i never saw it this way mm-hmm. um but i i don't portray myself to know it all mm-hmm. um I, i have received very difficult questions that even if i knew the answer i would still like to get a second opinion about it or probably do some more research on or some more study on it so if someone came with like a really difficult question mm-hmm. if i had the answer out give my opinion to it and create an avenue where that person and I could study together yeah um thereby the person is getting some insight from it and sharing it with me and perhaps my horizon is being broadened and it's it not only creates an avenue where we're sharing knowledge it helps both of us grow mm-hmm. um so that's typically my default approach to it um i don't claim to know it all and sometimes i create like a small group where either just the two people involved that is the person and myself or we create a larger group where mm-hmm. we can talk about these things and answer these questions and everyone feels you know edified or better at the end of the day mm-hmm. so trying to create some if you can't get it there in church you create something you know that works where you can all of you guys can share together without any air yeah. somebody is the leader or not the leader. Oh no, everybody can share or we or we can go back and study it some more and then next time we're like oh that question this is what I read about it and then we have to sit down mm. um and talk about it or just share what we know about it. 
It's usually an interesting time, yeah. That's a huge point that, especially for, I mean, there just might be somebody listening who is currently a leader and is trying to figure these things out, you know. That is one way you can find those people. Pray about, if you don't have them, pray about it. I'm pretty sure God will bring those people around you. And you guys, Most definitely. you know, you can work through that as against just shoving your questions down, you know, not saying anything. And I feel like that that is how a lot of people... Um, after 10 years of service or something, you just hear, oh, I don't believe in God again. How now? Uh, uh, How did that happen? You know? And we've, we've heard one too many of those stories. And I mean, I, I was talking with someone a few, probably a few weeks back, and she was saying how that, oh, when she was young, she was on fire, she was doing this and that to help, to help build the church. She, she was in choir, she was always here, she was always here. And all her stories were about when she was young. Now, there was, that's, if she had not told me those stories, I honestly would not have thought she was the same person. Right? Not because she's like in the world or anything like that, but I wouldn't have thought she was ever really, excuse me, ever really zealous to that extent Um, and and i keep wondering where the break happened you know how someone moves from that point to this other extreme you know yeah you know ecclesiastes says that remember the lord in the days of your youth before the evil day comes and your soul will say i have no pleasure in them um this probably probably one of the most important nuggets to take home as a leader is that there is a huge difference between serving god and experiencing god Mm. um you can be in the choir you can be an usher you can be the one designing the posters Mm. but you still have to experience god otherwise it's no different from a job you know but you you need to experience god personally Mm. personally because there might come a time where you're burnt out and you're really tired and things like that but you will know that you have had an encounter with god and that god is real and he's near you would you would see god as the person that is closer than a brother you would see him in every circumstance. You know, even when it's hard to see him, even when it's hard to pray and hard to study your Bible, you know that you've had an encounter with God. You know that you experience God. So it's God is not just going to be one activity or somebody that you did something for. God is going to be an integral part of your life. God is going to be your life, as it were. God is going to be your life. So, as you know, as the scripture says, that in Him we live, we move, and have our being. So, um, he, that's just one thing leaders need to understand is that you're doing these activities and you're serving God in one capacity or the other. It's great. But beyond that, you need to have a heart that actually loves God, a heart that pants and thirsts after him a heart for god yeah. um yeah. as god describes david 
and man after my own heart. The service is great. It's great. But the real core mm. is the heart that longs after God. Mm. Mm. So I guess the, the ongoing uh, journey is ensuring that you never put the service above that place you have with God. Be conscious. That's apt right there. Yeah. Bullseye. Yeah. So fast forward to you finish school, right? You get out of um, you hand over, hand over in Chinstress, hand over in university, all of that. Get into the job world, and of course that would mean maybe moving away from home or you know all the changes that come with that. How how do you think you fared um, spiritually? Moving from a place of where everybody is looking up to you to a place of maybe nobody really knows you. How did yeah, you? Um, mm-hmm. yeah. So initially, um, I did pretty, I did pretty well in terms of like being on and still having a faith. Mm. Um, but I did experience really, really tough times mm. at some point at a certain year. Um, I'll put it as a face, you know. Um, and at this point, I was totally burnt out. I, I mean, I, I still did the routine in court, um, the routine in court. But I knew that I wasn't hearing from God. I, I knew that I was far from God because God is not far from us. But I was far from God, and and it was just a really hard phase because. As I said, you you had very few people, I had very few people rather that I would open up to and say, hey, I'm struggling, you know, mm-hmm. but um, I, I guess that was the point where I made a decision to put myself on the people. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I, do not, I do not want to have a better yesterday. I don't want to speak of my encounter with God in past tense. Mm-hmm. I want it to be present tense all the time. And I got a mentor. I, I don't want to mention to, um, mention names and specifics, but I got a mentor and I opened up to her. I told her my weaknesses. I told her how, how I was doing. I was really open. Mm-hmm. And um, she helped me at that point. Um, and then we created a group of brothers uh of like minds and that helped me to grow as well Mm. and also with the fact that i desired to get back to that place Mm. where i was you know that place where i could i knew that i could feel the presence of god at every point in time Mm. um i wanted to get back to that place so there was i embarked on a few personal retreats and things like that but definitely there was a low point in my life that my brothers know about i mean my spiritual brothers know about um because they understood they knew me at that phase so um there was that point but i proposed in my heart not to stay there mm-hmm. and just be lured away into the world or be lured away into um complacency mm-hmm. or into lethargy or as it were you know i proposed in my heart that i was going to keep on thriving um as a christian and mm-hmm. By God's grace, I came out of that phase. By God's grace. Mm. It was tough and it was elongated, but by God's grace, I definitely came out of that phase and wow. um, it's been growing 
since then, yeah. Wow. I mean, just to like highlight some of the things you have uh, mentioned, there's on the leadership side, you know, learning that you can't just give, 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 and that's all you do. You must deliberately put yourself in a position to receive. If you need to attend other meetings so you can sit and be fed, please do that. If you need to create a group with, you know, with some friends, fellow believer friends who can help you, please do that. But never be in a position where all you're doing is giving and you're never sitting to receive, you know. That that we have seen has led to years of burnout, not just weeks or months of burnout, years, and sometimes people never will recover from that, you know. Um, and so it is very important. That's one of the things uh, Mayawa has just highlighted, you know, that that helps. And also what he said about accountability or intentionality, um, being deciding that I am going to be under someone. Sometimes when you're a leader, it's a bit more difficult to do that, you know, because like, oh, I'm used to having the, you know, like having, in quotes, the say in what happens and all that. But deciding to put yourself under requires a whole, a whole other level of humility of, you know, all of those things. For you to stay there and have someone tell you, ah, this thing you are doing doesn't make sense or this is the better way to do it or have someone check your decisions you know, check your priorities in a season and all that, you have to put yourself under there. And so that, that's something I feel like there's a need to highlight um, for a lot of people. And then what you said about how you came out of that period, you know, how, first of all, there was the decision that I am not going to stay like this. This is not the my life story. You know, in fact, I was listening to a, a video by, I think, Lawrence Oye or something like that. And he said there should never be a thought in your mind where um, you are never on fire for God. You should never see a future where you are not on fire for God. Once you uh. see it in your mind, there's that, that's where the problem starts from. You should never see a day where you are not burning. You should never, ever, ever see a day. Because you know how the enemy starts with thoughts in the mind? We've heard yeah. so many stories. Ah, this person was once was once you don't realize that you've accepted that thought and so you expect it you expect the burnout you expect that oh you just had that experience for two days and that's the end you know um and so i like what you said about making that personal decision that i am not going to stay like this this i'm coming out of this and i'm there's all my testimonies are going to be present and current not oh 10 years ago when i was seven i saw this happen and that's the end of it you know so yeah, that's that's something um I felt like there's a need to highlight. And the things you did after that, you know, trying to get a apart from the accountability, trying to have retreats on your own, talking with brothers, you know, that can help you. Have people that actually know what's going on with you. Don't go off on your own because you are formerly a leader, you know, and you do can't talk to anybody, you know. So those are some things I felt like there's a need to highlight from what you said. Um so this this has been great. I mean, I have learned a ton. <laughs> a ton from this. And I'm sure people likewise. also have. Pardon? I said likewise. Yeah. I mean, just talking about it helps put a lot of things in perspective, you know. And even when you look back, you begin to see areas that could have been improved and areas that other people can improve on to prevent, you know, um, these cycles from occurring every single time. Yeah. So just before we go, I'd like you to please pray with um, 
us and anybody who listens to this who might be in his position. Yeah. Dear God, we thank you because you are a great and merciful God. We thank you because you love us. Even before we loved you, you loved us. And we thank you for that undying, unwavering love. We thank you because you want us to know you. You want us to be one with you. Father, we pray for everyone in a position of leadership, everyone who, every Christian who listens to this, everyone who has a heart for you. Father, I pray that they will they will continue to march on with strength. They will continue to march on invigorated on fire for you in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that the evil day will not catch up with anyone listening to this where their hearts will say they have no pleasure in you. Lord, I pray that we will give us a heart that is malleable, a heart that is teachable, a heart that can be broken for you in the name of Jesus. And I pray that, Lord, the Bible says that we'll always find our teachers. Lord, I pray that you will surround us with brothers that will strengthen us all the time. We pray that you will give us a heart that we will not forsake the gathering of the brethren. I pray that you will give us a heart that will continue to pant, pant and thirst after you in the name of Jesus. And Lord, for everyone who is doing your work out there, Lord, I pray that you will bless them, you will keep them, you will strengthen them, and they will not miss their reward in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so, so, so much. This has been wonderful. God bless you. Thanks for taking the time. So, guys, um, we will see you in the next episode. Please don't forget to tell a friend, tell a friend, and share these things you've learned. These are really valuable truths, so please share them with us.